Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Feige Media Network. Happy Sunday to you all. We're back again on a Sunday recapping NXT Vengeance Day going down last night from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right-hand man, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improvement of Ron Ragnar. I bring to you, as always, normally he is perky Scott Young, but for some reason, on a PLE after the fact... He is Salty, Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. What's going on, Keela? As always, regardless whether I'm perky or Salty, it's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. A little Salty, you know. uh, Rough L on the basketball tip. Good show on the wrestling tip, but not enough to tip me over to the perky scale. But I'm glad to be out on the road. Real happy to be out of the uh, the PC. It felt good to be out on a Saturday night away from Florida for a change to really embrace a new venue, fans that were energetic most of the night to really kind of show how over NXT can be on the road. But I know where your saltiness lies, Scott. I know that you saw a particular game on the dial last night and you saw your Lakers lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. And now the Lakers are still riding that 13th spot in the Western Conference standings. They're 25 and 29. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. Losing streak probably at 2 right now. My apologies to you at this time. No, we won last game. You know, we should have won this game too. Um, you just these are the these are the games that you got to win. Like you play the Pelicans, they're on 11 game loser streak. I know Brandon Ingram's coming back and he always plays well against the Lakers, but you know, these are just the games you got to win. LeBron doing what he does. Davis has 30, but it's like, why is Pat Beverly guarding 6'10 guys? Like, why do we act like this dude 6'8? He's 6'2, guys. He's 6'2. He did one good game against Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Everybody thinks he can guard a 6'10 dude. This dude's not doing that. I don't know. Darvin Ham's still the worst coach in the league. I think we're doing okay for what we have to work with. You're trying. You're trying. Hopefully next week you can move up a couple of spots. But I will say this. The rating for this upcoming NXT is going to be garbage. They are going to get destroyed in the ratings because LeBron plays, and there's a good chance he becomes the all-time leading scorer. And I think a lot of people will be watching that game. So I am curious to see how bad the ratings are affected on Tuesday. And who do they play on Tuesday? Is it the Clips? Because I know they play the I know they play the Bucks on Thursday. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Let me Battle take a look. La, because I, I know it's it's somebody somebody pretty decent that they play. They play well. Actually, I think that NXT would be spared because they play the Thunder on Tuesday. The Thunder at ten ma- o'clock. Oh, okay. The NXT, yeah, you're right. The NXT will be good. Yeah, NXT will, will but I'll tell you who won't. Rampage? Ooh. Not Rampage, sir. That's on a Friday. Oh, I'm tripping. Yeah, that's right. I'm, <laughs> Look I'm at tripping. you taking Rampage shots and you would I was ready. I was ready to take some strays too. I'm all upset. I'm I got my mind all discombobulated. Oh, ooh, ooh, we got beef next Saturday though. Okay. So next Saturday, it's the Lakers and the Warriors. <laughs> oh, we got to make a bet. Oh, my gosh. Um, we'll we got to do some that. type of bet. 
We we'll talk about that off air about what the bet's gonna be. Yeah, we gotta make some type of wager. We should even we should tell we should let the, we should tell the people to come up with a wager for us. Oh gosh, I'm scared now, especially if I lose. Because <laughs> yeah. I know my Steph not might not be, be playing. Oh crap! Okay, LeBron have broken the record. Oh. He could be feeling freed and rejuvenated. He might drop a fifty piece on you. Ugh, I'm disgusted. Stop it right now. Ugh. Okay, so that's the next Saturday. And we'll probably have like live commentary as the game's happening right here on The Wrap. But that's next Saturday. We're talking about what happened last night, which was the next T-Vengeance Day. But before we get to last night's show, let's talk about some quick WWE news items from SmackDown this past Friday night. As we saw an absolutely spectacular vignette involving Ray and Dominic Mysterio, the father-son rivalry, hits the racetrack and some cool cross-promotion with NASCAR ahead of Clash of the Coliseum going down tonight under the lights on Fox. And this was so much fun. I had Scott watch this moments ago before we went on the air and he got his life watching Dominic Mysterio do the absolute most as a hardened criminal. Yeah, this guy um, definitely embodied and had to have watched Talladega Nights before he decided to do this skip because apparently he woke up and pissed excellence. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this guy is out here scissoring the race car drivers. I, I thought the race car drivers were so over the top. It, it, I mean, he said, as soon as he walked up in the scene, he's like, yo, what's up, Grandpa? What you got your pajamas on? I'm like, all right, dude, you, you, you are ready in rare form. And secondly, where did New Day come from? They just randomly showing up to support Rey Mysterio. Why would a great father, why would two great kings, you know, two great, two great kings like Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, great fathers, why would they want to want to filthy their hands with a, with a terrible dad like Rey Mysterio? Do they see what they do? They see what Rey Mysterio did? Do they see this guy? This 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 goon, this thug in Dominic Mysterio. Do they see this? Do they see this? They should be they should be ashamed that they're even hanging out with Ray. First of all, Kofi is a former father of the year. So Absolutely. He can, he can relate to another father who has struggled to raise his son properly. Got, him and Ray ain't got nothing in common except they work together. <laughs> They're former world champions too. They won it. They won at WrestleMania. That counts. It does. Future Hall of Famers. Absolutely. At one, at one time, Ray was a good father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that. Well, at the time, we thought he was a good father when he won that ladder match. Little did we know he was really the heel the whole time. Oh my god. <laughs> Eddie was right all along. He was, I blame Vicky, telling Dominic, get out. We don't want you anymore. She started this whole thing. Poor Dom. Just saying. I'm just saying. And and then Dominic loses the race. Dominic Dominic loses the race. So Ray, this is this is gonna be Ray Mysterio's win over his son, by the way. So this is this this is him one up on his son. Dominic he goes, Well, if mommy was here, I would have won. Like, you child. If mommy was here. And then we got we got Finn and, and, and Priest. Can we just can we give it up for Finn Balor and, and Damian Priest? They have committed so much 
into Dominic into like just they make sure that he is he gets everything they need. Like they will do whatever they need. They'll be over the top. They'll be serious. They support that man. And I I'm here for it. They are really the best over the top hype men for Dominic yes. Mysterio. They ride for this guy really hard, especially Finn, who is egregious because he's a true G in that group. But he lets Dominic have his shine. But let's talk about one thing that stood out the most to me during this segment. Dominic's hair, I have <laughs> to say, was phenomenal. The mullet is mulleting nicely in honor of the late, great Eddie Guerrero. The hair, I'm not going to lie, was on point. He is he, he trying to be the modern day Latino heat man? Like this dude, this dude is is hilarious. Like he is he's found his groove, he's found his character, and honestly, it's at a perfect time because Rhea needs to kind of be away a little bit from the Judgment Day, you know, and kind of stand on her own feet, especially in a big feud with Charlotte, because Charlotte doesn't have a group of men you know, that she can have kind of have her back in this whole thing. And I think that's going to be really important for Dominic to be able to stand on his own because it's going to be him versus Ray, you know. And I do still kind of wonder how Edge fits into all this. I'm thinking maybe they stretch him and Finn out to uh, WrestleMania because you could still have the Demon versus Edge and like a Hell in a Cell or something like that. So um, this is really good for Dominic that, Without Rhea, he's still able to show that confidence and exude that personality really well. It's really nice to see somebody figure it out in real time to figure out what you're good at. And what Dom's good at right now is great comedic timing. The prison angle has worked wonders for him. The promos have been so funny. The one-liners have been everything. And you just know he's bullshitting, but it's so hilarious i'm so happy he's found his groove as a character as always wrestling can use some work but the character to me is saving his ass right now in the best possible way and even ray had a few digs about the prison tear tattoo that he would slap off his son's face if he could and then dominic talking about needing a booster seat for his dad in that race car the shade (laughs) being thrown by these mysterios come on now one one more thing, Ray, Dominic Mysterio had the nerve to say. Let's remember he was in 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 jail for a day or a few hours. This dude had the nerve to say, and this move right here, my boy in prison taught me. That this is from, because he was a getaway driver. How, how he teach you this move in prison? What car did you use for him to show you this move? And when did he do it? Like. The things this man is saying, and he's so like serious about it. I, I, I just can't with him. I, I can't. He learned those moves for Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> There's no way he learned that in prison for hours. No way in the world. He said that was his homeboy because he was a getaway driver. Dominic is egregious, <laughs> and I love him for it. We just need to Corey. Damien and Finn be gaslighting him. Just light him up. Like, yes. Yes, you're right. You could have won the Warrior Rumble, Dominic, if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes. You oh was you was the guy God. in there putting in that work. You could have been you could have been the one leading your family's legacy in the main event of WrestleMania. You as the superior Mysterio, they gassed him up so much. And I just laughed. 
I love Judgment Day. We've come a long way because we went through it with them on this show for months. But the level up with Finn and ultimately Dominic has really cemented this group as one of my faves in WWE today. Yeah, and 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 I know we got to move on, but shout out to and, I, and you touched on it, but shout out to Finn Balor, man. He is the ultimate G. That boy got real swag to him. He done he done got his own gang now, Finn Gang. You know, purple flags. He repping that like he 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 really has purple as a color for him. Like that's their colors. Like that is legit. They colors. They sign. They swag. He got a whole like the way he walk. The way he got his hands in his pocket, his whole, like, Damien got a cool kind of, he just kind of go with the group. Finn got a whole, like, he got his hands in his pocket a certain way. He walking a certain way. Like, he, I'm surprised he didn't have his bandana on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised he wasn't prison Finn this week. He was really feeling himself. And I just want to clarify for the record that Finn Balor was the original person that would always get cheddar biscuits from me. I I, I can't be mad at that one. I, I can't not argue with the Finn one. Unlimited supply. Won't touch one ab, but unlimited supply of cheddar biscuits. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love Without. Finn Balor. But now we got to focus on some bloodline items from Friday as well, because Jay Uso is still MIA after leaving the bloodline last Saturday at the Royal Rumble. And Roman Reigns was backstage asking Jimmy, have you seen Jay? And Jimmy's like, I ain't seen him in a week. I haven't communicated with him. I haven't seen him, ever talked to him. And Roman would not take this as an answer. He wants Jay. He wants him to be found and brought back to the family ahead of WrestleMania season. Even at Solo, what was up? And Solo didn't say anything. And Jimmy shut that down as well, saying, if I ain't talked to him, Solo ain't talked to him. Nobody's talked to Jay. So the show ends with Roman Reigns coming down to the ring alongside Paul Heyman as Solo and Jimmy look for Jay Uso. And Roman talks about Sami Zayn using the bloodline for his benefit dating back to Survivor Series, calling out Sammy's greed, wanting the spotlight, wanting the power, wanting to be given something, being a taker. And as Roman is eating up these booze and somewhat what chance on the crowd, Sammy comes through in his hoodie. He attacks Roman Reigns from behind and he proceeds to whoop his ass. These fans in South Carolina are going crazy for Sammy. The pop is absolutely insane. And at one point, Roman Reigns does get his licks back in, asks Paul to give him a steel chair, but in doing so, Sami Zayn spears Roman Reigns. His ponytail falls apart. You gotta love it. Roman scurries away, and Sami says, you know what? I never wanted anything from you until now. I want you and that undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And before Roman can say yes, we have Jimmy and Solo attack Sami from behind. They beat him up with the super kick and Samoan Spike combo, and as they wrap a chair around Sami Zayn, Roman tells Solo to stop, mid-motion, because he wants Sami to be alive for their match at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, because Sami broke his family, and because of that, Roman wants to break Sami's family, his wife, his kid, 
his friends, his family. He wants to embarrass him in front of his home country. And Roman was talking that shit off mic. I loved it. It was a really good closing angle to SmackDown. And Sammy is so over right now. We'll see how it holds up in Montreal in a couple of weeks' time because I know that guy is going to be the most over man in the building that night. And Roman Reigns is going to get heat that only Shawn Michaels can aspire to have over 25 years ago in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Yeah, it was a great angle. Um, great, great energy, great heat all around. Uh, the, the baby face just had the crowd with him the entire time. And I like the fact that the baby face got the advantage, but then the heel got the advantage too. You know, got his licks in, but then when the baby face was able to come back on top, then the numbers overcame him. I thought it was very telling that you saw Jimmy and Solo working together, working as a unit, working as a team. And I wonder if that's, you know, something that we're going to see more of because, you know, with this bloodline angle, and it's something that we've touched on on this show and other people have talked about too, but there is a real potential here to get two real top-level main event guys out of this. And Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens is already a top-level main event guy. He's established. He is where he is. Sami Zayn and Jay Uso can be established as a top-level singles guy. Jimmy and Solo can be a solid du- unit for right now, You know, especially if you want to keep that as a, as a thing. But you have an opportunity here with Jay Uso to really do something different, to really do something. Main event Jay Uso is a real thing. I will I will stand on that hill and and I truly believe that. So I I think where we go with it is very telling of what, what we're gonna see. But I I'd love for them to take a shot on Jay and just let him be a singles, let him run as a singles guy. I mean, hell <laughs> have have him versus Jimmy on you know, WrestleMania. I I think that'd be a great opening night match. Uh, you could have them have wrestle night one and, or, you know, cause I, even though they, and then you could, I don't know how you would do it, but I think that's, that's a match potential, but I just think there is something with Jay Uso that they need to take advantage of because you just, you don't get opportunities like this every, every so often. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still of the component. Jay Uso as a singles guy is something there. Agreed. And the fact that the fans wanted Sammy and Jay on SmackDown said a lot as well, because I go back to something I saw on social media right after the Warrior Rumble last weekend. And when Sammy hit Roman Reigns with the steel chair from behind and Jay's shock at how could you do this? But someone noted that Sammy Zayn had the balls to do something that Jay has wanted to do for over two years. And that is defy his cousin. He tried to do that a few months ago saying, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief has to say. And that woke up Roman and kind of Jay too. And maybe that's a sign of things to come for Jay to realize that if Sammy Zayn can take a stand against the tribal chief, so can I, and we're blood and he can finally be his own man, stand on his own two feet. And I do see Jay coming back and eventually turning on Sammy for a bit, but you go into WrestleMania night two and you have the full fracture of the bloodline when Jay finally stands up to Roman and says, you know what? I've had my fill of this. I'm done. And that's how you pivot Jay to being a main event star and a babyface at the exact same time. And maybe mend that Sammy J bridge along the way as well. It won't happen immediately, but it's a way to get there. Whatever happens between now and elimination chamber. Man, I, I'd even go a step further and I, I, 
and it's such a hard spot because you have you legit legit have three guys right now who you could go with to beat Roman Reigns and you have a believable uh, story where you could you could play it out and the fans can not only be with it they will jump on board I I truly believe you know we have the Cody one I think that's the the safe bet the surest thing it seemed like it's going to happen Sami Zayn that's you know the the people's champion who the people are behind and Jay Uso was how this whole thing started and what a full circle moment and you want to really talk about creating a a true new new guy Jay Uso beating Roman Reigns for that undisputed title would be something special and something we have never seen before I like I I think if if you go with Jay Uso as a guy, I think you have to go all the way with him, and he has to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. Like that's how serious I am about main event Jay, and that I think what you think and what I think you can do with him. Like I think Cody can could take a loss. Like I think Cody could lose to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and we could tell the story over another year where he has to build himself back up. He could take another loss. He could lose to Seth. You know, he could lose to somebody else and have to build himself back up. You don't get like like I said. You don't get opportunities like this to create guys. And I think if you're gonna do something with Jay as a singles, I'd have Jay Uso be the guy to beat him. Maybe even do it on the the two year anniversary of their first match at Hell in a Cell or something. But I, if you're gonna do it, I say you go all the way with it. It's definitely a gamble. I love the idea. It just really speaks to the viability of so many people that can beat Roman Reigns for this championship. But it's all about which guy is the most over and the hottest. There is prospects for Cody, obviously, being the Warrior Rumble winner. Jey Uso has the emotional story behind the bloodline dating back to day one, nearly three years ago. And you have Sami Zayn, the people's champion, as you mentioned, who's really over right now as well. Three viable people. I'll add Seth Rollins as a fourth. And those are four guys that could conceivably beat Roman Reigns. But the fact is, will WWE ever pull that trigger between now and WrestleMania? Because the time is starting to come now as to who do you want in that spot to be the face, to be the person to carry WWE into the future, especially if a sale is coming as well. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, and if it is Cody, I don't think that's a, that's a wrong answer. You know, I, I think you've got a great story there with Cody. The, the crowd is absolutely with Cody, and you can and Jay Uso can still be established. Like the way you laid it out right there, Jay Uso can still be established with Roman. Um, Solo is going to play a big part in this somehow. I still see him staying with Roman. I see him, Roman, and uh, Paul Heyman kind of being a little bit of a unit going forward, but. You know, so I I I just want to make sure that's you know stated as well. I Cody's not the wrong answer. You know, Cody is a is a is a he'd be a great champion. I think he'd be a great babyface champion, taking them into uh, the post WrestleMania season. So this is a good spot for WWE to be in. You have options, you have possibilities, and because. Listen, we all thought Roman was going to lose to Edge a couple of years ago when he did the, when they had Edge and Daniel Bryan. Um, we thought he could lose to Brock last year. 
so that he might mess around and just keep the titles this year. So who knows what's going to happen, but it's good that they have options and multiple people. And I, I agree with you on the Seth Rollins thing. They, there's a great story there. He's never been able to really get over Seth Rollins. And this could, this whole thing could bring PTSD, you know, and he could have these flashbacks and Rollins could really start messing with his head. So love that there's options. It's a great thing to have. Yes, it's a very good complication to have right now in WWE. And you got competent people that can kind of navigate these different stories along the way. And you know that the ball won't be dropped as long as somebody stays away. But that is a beautiful problem for WWE to have plenty of options heading into WrestleMania season. And there is not a wrong answer. The only thing is you want to make sure that the booking makes sense whenever that switch finally happens. It's been nearly three years in the making, and I think it will be a moment when Roman Reigns is pinned down for more than three seconds. Oh, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a hell of a moment. I think it needs to be – I think that's why it's so important to make sure whoever gets that very first pinfall is somebody that you, you're sure you're ready to either build around or it needs to be the biggest moment possible. Exactly. And that day could be coming in a couple of months time at WrestleMania in L.A. Promises to be quite possibly the biggest WrestleMania ever when it's all said and done. It's already the case in terms of the gate, but we'll see how the show plays out in April. But until we get there, until we get to WrestleMania, let's focus officially on NXT Vengeance Day going down last night from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. I thought this was a good show. I thought that it was going to be a great show after the opening match, but it settled into being a solid show on the road. The first true blue on the road takeover adjacent event since Portland almost three years ago before the world was shook with COVID and everything about how we watched wrestling changed for over a year and a half. Welcome empty arena era. That was the doldrums. Not going to lie, but to have NXT back on the road on a Saturday night in front of a hot crowd that cared, it was very nice to see. And I hope they venture out more quarterly moving forward because I like this change of scenery and to hear some actual genuine reactions to see who's truly over on this brand. Yeah, it was nice to get the reactions for certain people. Uh, It's great to see them back on the road. I thought the sh- I agree I agree I thought the show was good. Uh it was just okay for me, dog. Couple really good moments, good matches, one really good match. And I even have some thoughts on that one too. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just grumpy. Maybe the the old grumpy dad in me is coming out and I just had a I picked a bad day to watch NXT, but it was just okay for me, dog. Randy Jackson has entered the chat from 20 years ago from American Idol. It was all right for me, dog. It was all right. Eh, a little pitchy for me. In terms it's of a matches. little pitchy. <laughs> he did used to hit that. Uh, you know, he was shaking. A little, little pitchy for me, dog. I'm like, bro. All right, dude. <laughs> what does it even mean? Pitchy. Right. What, what, a little pitchy. What, I'd have been like, what part? <laughs> Tell me what 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 note was pitching? How you want me to fix it, dog? Like, was it the bridge? Mean? Yeah, the chorus. Come on. Can you tell me something specific, or is that just the only thing you know how to say? It's the only thing I know how to say. Pitchy dog. It was pitchy. It was a little bit all over the place. The runs were running in a way that didn't make sense for me, dog. But you know what? <laughs> 
props. You tried. It's Randy Jackson. But also, Scott is also giving us a new nickname. Grumpy Scott Young is here. Welcome. Yeah, I'm keeping that. I'm definitely keeping, and I will be using that next time. I cannot wait. So we have Grumpy Pissed Off, Perky, and Salty (laughs) all merging together on this show. We love to see it. Building my Wyatt Six. (laughs) And dare I say... Your Wyatt Six is better than the actual Wyatt Six you've been seeing on TV. I don't I, listen. I don't know how much of a compliment that is, but you know, I'll take it. I say it with love because you know I don't fuck with Wyatt anymore. I've given up on him officially after the Warrior Rumble. I'm said I'm done. I apologized on the air for hyping this man up, and I feel foolish. I, too, can take my lumps and say I'm sorry. He is your Lacey Evans. Dear God Almighty, and that is a hell of a hill to be on. But here we are. Get me off this damn mountain. But let's focus back on NXT Vengeance Day as I try to clear my head from all those negative thoughts surrounding Lacey Evans and Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy and them as we celebrate the best match from last night's show. Before I do that, though, shout out to Charlotte Flair and the very unique introduction to Vengeance Day. I guess someone watched the Super Bowl with The Rock introducing the starting lineup for the AFC and NFC teams, and they said, Charlotte Flair... Can you do that for us as well? I like the presentation of using quite possibly your greatest NXT alumni to come through to hype up the show in Charlotte, North Carolina. Flair Country show love to the upstarts of NXT who's going to make a name for themselves in the main roster someday. So they might one day be like Charlotte Flair, prolific champion and WrestleMania main eventer. I love the intro. I thought it was very creative and kind of, thoughtful in a lot of ways no i think that's a great call and i 100 percent agree with you it was cool it was different um and i think that's i think that's what's important for nxt and what they always need to strive to be in the land of wwe is different you know match concepts stuff like this this was great i i thought i loved everything about this i thought charlotte was great um, I thought she was a real, a real natural in this role of just introducing, hyping everybody up. She had a bit of a swag to her. I was like, yeah, like, like you could kind of see where you'd be like, yeah. And if she, you know, she could tell she was a top tier athlete herself. Like everything about this just really worked. Loved it. I, I'm glad you pointed that out because little things like this help shows feel different and special. Yes, definitely. Now, I will call out NXT for lying on Tuesday, saying this was the biggest NXT event ever. Um, (laughs) NXT Brooklyn (laughs) TakeOver, number one, would like to have several words with you. Now, if you're talking about this version of NXT, sure. But if you're talking about the totality of NXT's history, from the competition series to Full Sail to where we are now, don't lie to me. I've seen 36 TakeOvers. All right. And at least 30 of them were classics, but I digress. At least. Just saying. Don't lie to me. Tell me this is the biggest event of all time. But I will say they sold every ticket 
for this show. 5,000 in the house. Very healthy number for NXT these days as we kick things off with Wesley versus Dijak for the NXT North American Championship. This was by far the best match on the show and one of my favorite matches of the year as well. And we're two months in and I absolutely love the fact that Wesley was over with the people. This guy is licensed to print money on the main roster someday. He was popular. I loved his pop. He was sensational last night, Dijak. I have very, very mixed feelings on the character, but Dijak, the performer, I love him. I want Dominic Dijak on my screen, not this Punisher, lame-ass character that does nothing for me, but the work they did last night together was absolutely insane. I'll get into some of the moves shortly, but your take, Scott, on how great this match was and it hyped me up because I thought this was going to set the tone for a great show. It was a good show, but this match was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, this was a a very good opening match. Um, Dijak's best match since probably Keith Lee in a takeover. I, I think, man, I think it's been that long since I've seen him like this. I, um, I thought the match started at a good pace. And then once they hit that gear where they started going into the false finishes and and trading the real big moves and just started doing some crazy stuff, I mean, the crowd was elevated. And there were a few near falls where I was like, all right, that's it. All right, that's it. All right, that's it. I will say I almost got to the point where I was like, all right, that's enough. We, 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 we're, we're doing a bit much for the opening North American title match between Jack and Wesley. This is, this is getting a bit much. I mean, like, what, what, other, what else are you going to do? Like, uh, so, you know, I, the reason this works in WWE is because they don't do this often and they didn't do this the rest of the show. So this worked to that point, but man, they, they were just trade. The last 10 minutes is just them trading big move after big move after big move after big move after Dijak barely avoiding his neck getting broken after big move after big move, the back body drop on the apron where he barely connected. It looked like he caught the edge. I mean, really good match. It's just, it was just a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot going on. The a near lot. falls were crazy down the stretch. The fans were biting for it. I did too. When Wesley was able to hit that avalanche head scissors off the top rope to Dijak, hit the satan. And it's a corkscrew satan. It's beautiful. It's unique. The elevation, the execution was everything. When Dijak kicked out, I audibly said, what the fuck? Like, and listen, tell, don't, tell the full story. That, that hurricane run off the top. He didn't, he didn't rotate all the way. He got spiked. He, he got spiked on the head on that one. Like, I, I don't know how much of that was supposed to be spiked or not, but he got spiked and the corkscrew was perfect. Like, that was a great near fall. That near fall had me biting. I'm like, this is it, right? It was not it. I was shocked. It was a picture perfect set on. It was a corkscrew. Beautiful. The... Her Karana, it was spiked as hell. I don't know if it was perfect, but to me, the spike sold it for me in the best possible way. It really did. No, it was it was it was great, and I love. I, so 
I, one one little thing I did enjoy about this, um, I, part of the story that they told was Wesley never was able to hit that that backflip kick, you know, until the very end of the match, and Dijak had a counter for it every time, and I. I do appreciate the fact that that was the one move that Dijak wanted to avoid at all costs. He was able to avoid that, and that's why he was able to kick out, and that was the one move that finished him off. So I did like that story that they were telling. The, again, not the announcers. I don't know what Vic Joseph was on. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what he be on sometimes when he announces. But I thought Booker was pretty good for some of it, like – um, but we some of the sometimes he was just like we go when we get to the Kiana James match we're gonna get the Booker T and, and Vic Joseph we're gonna get to them too but like I don't know what like I don't know what Vic Joseph be talking about sometimes in these like bigger matches during these big moments besides just being loud and excited but I, I did like that story aspect that they were trying to tell of Dijak always having a counter for that that backflip heel kick until the very end. Yes, he had a counter for that move. He tried his best to avoid it. We had Wesley doing that freaking backflip over the ropes to Dijak on the outside. That was crazy. Another highlight was Wesley delivering a delayed German suplex with a bridge to Dijak for a very close near fall. Then he, then he picked dude up for a Mishinoku drive with the hook of the leg for a near fall as well. He was picking up this very tall man for these big time spots. Big Hoss Wesley was in the building. You had to love it. And I just love the back and forth. Even counter the feast you eyes a couple of times with the Hurricane spot spiked Rana as well. Wesley was putting in that work, but Dijak, he was doing that as well with a big boot, hit the choke slam. Wesley kicks out, locks in a modified chicken wing submission. And this is the moment where Wesley was fighting for survival. He was fading fast, but he grabbed the referee's hand saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to sleep. Grab the ropes to break the hold. And the action just kept getting better and better. And then Wesley goes for a dive on the outside. Dijak catches him, slams him against the barricade. Then I'm thinking to myself, are we getting the Keith Lee spot from Portland when he sat in the chair and Dijak did the flip dive? So we had Wesley in this chair, the office chair, I should say. And he has a broom to trap Wesley in said chair. And he's going for something absolutely insane, most likely a moonsault. And then we have distractions from Tony D'Angelo and Stax for reasons I don't fully understand. And that soured me on the match. And this interference was so unnecessary. So Dijak lands a moonsault on Tony D and Stax. Wesley recovers and he's able to land the flipping kick, the Pele on Dijak to retain the championship. A great finish, but I hated the distraction aspect of it because it did not needed for this match but let's not bury the lead story we cut back the dijack his middle finger is dislocated and it's disgusting and then dude went on social media and tweeted that disgusting dislocated finger to say i did that and you did sir but fix that shit because it was disgusting yeah, I thought outside of uh, this turning into an episode of The Sopranos at the very end, I thought the uh, the match was really good. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid four tiers. I, you know, and maybe and I know some people are probably like, "Oh my gosh, that only got four tiers out of you? Are you serious?" That's not my, you know, 
that's that's that matches a lot for me. They they did a lot of stuff. Like they, I, I don't know. It, that's just me personally. You know, like I didn't. To me, the that match, what they were doing, wasn't warranted from the story. Like I feel like that type of match needs to warrant a, a hell of a story and a build to for for them to be kicking out of those type of moves. Because now, when I go and see them in a regular match, I. I better I better see Wesley. It better take a tank for Wesley to get taken out from here on out. I better not see him get taken out with one move in a random tag match after what I just watched him go through. Same with Dijak. Like, I'm expecting Dijak to start bulldozing people. And all of a sudden, Tony D wants to start saving people's lives. The same guy that'd be throwing people to the sharks and sending people fish, fishing. Now, all of a sudden, he's saving lives. Come on, man. What are we doing? Four tiers, though. Good, really good match. It was a really good match. I can actually forgive the extraness down the stretch because I was excited. I was like, holy shit, what is happening here? Because they over-delivered in the ring because the story was very so-so going into this match. So I thought they exceeded every expectation. I would give this four and a quarter tiers. I would have pushed it a four and a half until the interference at the end kind of drove the score down for me a little bit. But the chemistry between Dijak and Wesley was on point. And I... Love the fact that Wesley was so over. I was like, damn. So when we leave Florida, this guy is basically next man up if you get him to the main roster. And I thought about all the possibilities. Give me Wesley and Ricochet. Give me Wesley and Logan Paul. Give me Wesley and Seth Rollins. Give me Wesley versus anybody that can match him in terms of hops and technical skill because it would simply be amazing to watch. I I will go out on a limb and... But don't be surprised next year if we get a Wesley uh, going for that NXT title. I, I I fully expect him to be in the main event title picture, especially after hearing the reaction he got on the road. I think that's a very telling and important aspect of this as he was able to get this reaction on the road. He passed the test. The flying colors got to love it. So that's a clear sign for NXT to also take this show on the road more often to really gauge how the fans feel about certain people and Wesley was definitely over with this crowd last night. Set the tone beautifully for NXT Vengeance Day, but to me, the show kind of peaked in terms of excitement there as we move on to Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Kiana James and Fallon Henley for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And I thought this match was solid. It's kind of tricky because Fallon Henley is viewed as a babyface. Kiana James is definitely a heel and you got the faces in Chance and Carter defending their titles, longest reigning NXT women's tag team champs ever after a lot of instability for a couple of years. But I thought this match was really good, and I am ready for Carter and Chance to get called up to the main roster. They're really smooth as a tag team. Nothing they do miss. Everything is clean. And I thought they were really good in this match last night. And I will give credit to Fallon Henley. I thought this is her best match ever. Kiana James was solid, but I really thought that Fallon Henley came into her own last night during this matchup as well. So I uh, I want to start off by saying Casey and JoJo, I have I think I've turned the page on Casey and JoJo. I uh, I thought they were looked really good in this match. I I I think they I think they've improved tremendously. I think the PC has done a has done wonders for those two, especially. And, you know, I make a lot of jokes at their expense, but those are two women who have genuinely 
worked their tails off and have have really earned everything and really earned the right to kind of be that standard bearer right now in the tag division. I I was I really enjoyed this match probably way more than I should have, but I was going into this match just expecting it to just be real basics, you know, sloppy, your basic NXT tag match, and I was really pleasantly surprised. And I I think it's because I'm I was just really taken back by how good and how much they've improved. Man, I I'm fully on board with Casey and JoJo, and you're right about Fallon Henley and Kiana James. They're a nice makeshift team. I like the fact that she cheats behind Fallon's back, and that was what how they got the win, and she doesn't know it. But Casey and JoJo deserve all the flowers. I'm I'm a fan. I'm I'm fully on board with them. Look at you being converted on this here show. I am so proud of you that you finally saw the light on Casey and JoJo. They are truly, to me, the best women's tag team in all of WWE. I, You know what? I, I don't really have an argument for that right now. You know, Gigi and JC are a really good team, but I, I don't think their tag team wrestling is as solid or refined as these two. Like, they had one little stretch where they hit like four or five moves really well in a row. Um, and specifically, um, Casey, is it, is it Casey Costanza? What's her name? Uh, Katana Chance. Katana, that's right. They changed Pantaro, the name. Yeah, that's right. Katana Chance. Um, I for she's the one who's really improved the most. I think like when she was hitting a couple of those moves. Like there's one spot in particular where Kiana, I think it was Kiana James, got on top of uh Caden Carter's shoulders, or maybe it was Fallon Hill, but one of those two got on top of Caden Carter's shoulders on the top rope while Caden's on the top rope. And you could hear the crowd kind of building with anticipation as Katana stands on the top rope. And in the past, she would have just did her move and kept moving, you know. But now, as a veteran, she takes a minute, looks at the crowd, lets them kind of build with it, makes a nice face, lets the moment build. Those are the little things I'm talking about with the improvement. And you could just see that they they get it. Like, there's a there's a real... They understand the moment, how to take advantage of the moment. And it was really at that moment where I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. Because that's something they wouldn't have done even three, four months ago. So I, you know, hats off to them, flowers to them. I'm a fan. I'm on board. Yeah, that was a really great spot. So it was basically Fallon Henley on Caden Carter's shoulders and Katana Chance gets ready for that spot. She plays to the crowd and lands at Avalanche Rana, and it was insane. Another highlight was Kata Carter launching Katana Chance with the crossbody on the outside to Kiana James and Fallon Henley as well. But the highlight for me actually was Kiana James going for the moonsault and... Caden Carter avoids it, and then she lands a cutter on the floor, knocks out Kiana James. We have Brooks Jensen check in on his woman, and she's knocked out for this match. And it's Fallon Henley alone against Carter and Chance, and they're going for these um, top rope 450 combo for the win. Enter Kiana James, who knocks Kate, who knocks um, I don't want to say Casey's name, Katana off the apron, and that leads to Fallon Henley rolling up Caden Carter for the win. And thanks to Kiana James holding the foot of Caden Carter, they become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I did not expect a title switch last night, but I dug something 
surprising happening. It was a nice win for them. First major championships for both ladies, a nice victory. Will Fallon Henley embrace the dark side of the force, knowing that cheating can be prosperous sometimes? We shall see as Kiana James continues to try to deflower Brooks Jensen. I don't know how hard she's trying because I'm not sure she would have to try that hard to deflower that boy if she wanted to. You know, that's an interesting thing you bring up, though. You know, I I wonder if the story is going to be that Kiana James is actually sincere and then Fallon Henley just goes back and she wants to continue winning so bad. Or if the Kiana James has been evil this whole time and she ends up making everybody in the whole group evil because I think if they all turned heel – that's an interesting prospect now. All four of them running with the bad side. Like I that that could be interesting. So I do think this could be a, an interesting group uh that the unit that they have. I don't think this is a long-term title run. I think this is um to kind of get this on another team. I wonder if Casey and Kaden got a call up coming soon, you know, especially with WrestleMania around the corner. That'll be a nice uh nice little Nice little jolt of energy to that division because Lord knows the main roster needs needs a jolt of life in that division because there's nothing there. So I wonder if a call-up is, is coming for them. I hope so because they can give so much energy to a very lifeless division right now. You know, Damage Control has the titles, but the tag teams are non-existent. And if the idea for WrestleMania is going to be Damage Control versus Wanda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, y'all can keep that. I'm just saying. So if that's the rumored thing. And, and, and you know, I, I think there's another way you can do that because Becky Lynch brought up a point a couple, a couple weeks ago. And I know this is supposed to be about NXT, but Becky Lynch brought up a, a point a couple weeks ago about how, you know, damage control is always, you know, is, is, you know, winning the matches and she was stirring the pot. What if when Becky Lynch beats Bailey in the, in the steel cage match coming up, Damage control turns on her. Becky Lynch makes the save very much in the way that Bianca and Becky kind of became baby faces. You could do that with Becky and Bailey. They beat damage control for the titles. I'd much rather see Becky and Bailey versus Ronda and Shayna for those tag titles. Cause now it's like, okay, now we guys, cause what else are you going to do with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania? What else are you going to do with Bailey at WrestleMania? I think that's gotta be kind of where you go with that or you unify the tag titles. That's the only two options you could have for the tag titles or for Becky and Bailey. Like I, I just don't know what else you do with them at WrestleMania. Yeah, that is a concern for me too. Like Becky Lynch is one of your biggest stars and she's not going to have a high profile match at WrestleMania. I would love to see her and Bailey team up against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. It looks better on paper. It'll be more fun and competitive. It'll mean a bit more for the crowd as well. So I hope that is the end game because I cannot imagine Becky not being not being a part of WrestleMania in a very meaningful way because former main eventer had a great match against Bianca Belair last year and she has nothing this year. Definite choices. Hopefully they have an idea in mind after this steel cage match is over come Monday night. They better. I mean, like, you you have like Bailey can go down to NXT and do like there's stuff Bailey can do. But like Becky Lynch isn't somebody you can just throw a random match on. Like she needs to have a significant role, and it should not be against Bianca Belair again. Like we don't need to run that back. So I I just don't know what else she could do. That is a good point. 
and we'll see how WWE plays it. This is a very unique situation for them to be in right now. And Becky Lynch is definitely somebody I would want front and center at WrestleMania, even if it's not going to be for the Raw Women's Championship. That's why it's so important to build up a lot of people in the Raw Women's division as a just-in-case. If you want to have a grudge match at WrestleMania, build up people accordingly to give people a reason to care when a championship is not on the line. And that is one of the consequences of not doing that enough when we're wondering to ourselves what Becky Lynch is going to do at WrestleMania. Be a part of a makeshift tag team to get that Ronda match? We'll see. But it's just weird that this is where we are right now. Workshopping Becky Lynch to a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, right like the, with right after the rumble you know without a clear path with ronda rousey just out there in the in the wind and you know i i don't know I, maybe they maybe they have a plan hopefully they probably don't it's, pro- it's probably like nia Jax, and it's like wow. real like i mean but that's probably what it is though like they're probably like oh we could always just put her with nia Jax. you know what i mean like and that's that's a problem like I don't need a triple threat with Nia, Becky, and Bianca. Like Bianca, Bianca has earned a singles match at WrestleMania and a good singles match. Like these women have been working their tails off all year, and you got nothing for them to show. You know, Rhea Ripley can't be the end all be all. Now she's with Charlotte. So now what? It's kind of like, what do you got for me? You've got to build people up when the got championship to. is not involved. It's mandatory. And they're learning that lesson a hard way. And I really hope that your scenario of Nia Jax and Becky Lynch will not happen. I hope not either. God. I just, again, that's just me thinking like, what else, what else is there for her? What else is there for Becky Lynch to do? I know. And that's sad. A former WrestleMania main eventer with nothing to do at the biggest show of the year. I hope that changes. And we did not mean to go off onto a main roster tangent, but it was necessary because we got questions regarding Becky Lynch's booking. And hopefully it gets resolved very soon, heading into the biggest show of the year. But congratulations to the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Kiana James and Fallon Henley. And may they pour and enjoy several glasses of Corbell wine, not wine, but champagne. I saw the label. It was Corbell and cheddar biscuits and cheddar biscuits for who exactly sir fallon and kiana okay show they can they can absolutely both get cheddar biscuits and and you know what i i ain't ashamed to say they got some gold around their way so i'm definitely more intrigued i ain't ashamed to say that keila first of all (laughs) accusations false accusations and you still find a way to slander me on this show regarding my alleged championship bias how dare you i i didn't say that i didn't say a word you did unlike you i can admit my biases you know what ladies and gentlemen scott is off the show i am handling the rest of the review Uh, i'm kidding but he tried it on every level be careful i might get booyaka for real so you might be doing this show by yourself (laughs) you better be careful making jokes like that (laughs) the night is still young but you tried it on every level i really hate you for that but okay (laughs) i am offended gonna use my cheddar biscuits against me claiming championship (sighs) bias and you're proud to say so and i'm not rude 
Okay. I am fine now. I would drown my sorrows in Corbell, okay? But I am going to be fine. As we move on to (laughs) (laughs) two out of three falls match involving Apollo Crews and Carmelo Hayes. Now, I had very high hopes for this match. I think we both did. I think we had expectations that were supposed to be exceeded and achieved. And I felt like this match was just... To quote Randy Jackson on this day, I, dog, it was I, I, I like both guys, but what, what was throwing me off was Apollo Cruz's red eye contacts. So now, after all of this time, you really see red into the future, Apollo Cruz. How that's so raven of you. Well, not only that, it seems that uh, Athena... <laughs> or uh, Ember Moon, as she was known at WD, left uh, Apollo Crews a little bit of a parting gift, her her red contacts. Uh, that should have been the first indication that we were in trouble with this match. Um, yeah, like, is this is this new music Have I or have I not been paying attention to Apollo Crews' music also, Keela? This has been around for a while. Okay, so I clearly I've not been paying attention to his music because I heard the music and I was like, what? Then I saw his red eyes and I'm like, bruh, <laughs> what is going Do you think you're Dracula now? Like, what are you doing? You look like Ed- You look like a black Edward Cullen right now about to go suck somebody's blood, about to go have your vampire war. Um, This match was, yeah, I, I'm with Keela. This I had really high expectations for this match. They did a, I thought they did a great job of hyping this matchup and the potential of what this match could be. And, you know, it just it fell a little short. I, the story they told was good of them having a counter for everything and, um, you know, kind of just doing this one-upmanship. But everything felt a little slow. Everything felt a little stagey. Um, it kind of not... Not maybe not stagey, but it just felt like they were doing spots instead of trying to win a match, and that's that that really kind of didn't it didn't work for me. Um, you know, they they did it. I mean, it was a lot of great trade offs, but nothing stood out. Carmelo Hayes hit a couple good moves. Uh, the tilt the world face break, face buster was a nice spot, but again, nothing about this match stood out or felt like anything you wouldn't see on a random Tuesday night. And that's a problem. Apollo Cruz tapped out to a cross face. I didn't expect to see that. Now that, that was a little bit shocking. Um, we got a sweet two Oh, which was nice to see. I, I do appreciate a nice change of pace there, but again, it was just, just a match. Um, I, <laughs> three, three tears for me, man, three, Three and a quarter tiers for me. And I, and honestly, I give Kiana James the tag title match three and a quarter tiers as well. That's 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 all I got for the Apollo match. I will also give the women's tag team title match three and a quarter tiers. Really enjoyed it. This match, I'm going to go two and three quarter tiers. Mm, wow. Okay. I, I'm not mad at that. I was really disappointed in this. I was really disappointed in this match. And I go back to what you said earlier about the pacing. You have two athletic guys that can work at a very high level. They're quick, they're fast, they're agile as hell. Why not play to those strengths? It took forever 
for that first fall to take place. I was looking at my watch. I'm like, this is taking a long time. And the fans, you would want them to be into this, but they're not because the pacing is so slow. It's so stagnant. And both guys did better on their match on NXT maybe a month ago. It was more exciting. It was quicker. The creativity was there. This fell flat for me. And I have to shout out Trick Williams because he was a real MVP. This guy was on his hands and he's praying on that chair for Carmelo during key spots. I was more enthralled with Trick and his shenanigans than what was happening in the ring. And I love the counters. They were cute, but nothing stood out to me. And I kind of go back to what happened at Deadline between Apollo Crews and Braun Breaker. You have two athletic guys that have hops for days and you're not playing to their strengths. And you talk about Melo and Apollo. These are two guys that got hops for days. They can work at a very high level. Why are you not playing into that to make this match more exciting? You got Booker T on commentary saying Apollo Cruz is old. Talking about the, oh, the odometer is running kind of high on him right now. Like Booker T, you and your knees at the Royal Rumble, you want to talk about odometer meter? Sir. Let's not go there, but Apollo is nowhere near old, and that was a storyline in this match. Choices as well. And, you know, this didn't need to be a, a 25, 28-minute match, whatever it was. Give me a, give me a, a, a 12 to 15-minute sprint. You know what I mean? Like, give me, like, give me your, give me your best hits, but tell it and weave it into a story. Like, that should have been the story. Like, and the one-upsmanship should be, yo, I'm just gonna run through you. I'm I, like, I'm not playing no more games with you. We've already had a match. You already beat me. Like, uh, if I'm Apollo, that's my story. I'm running through you. Like, I already know you can beat me. So let me. I need to get the first fall as quickly as possible. I need to get on the board. That should be Carmelo Hayes' game plan. Let me get on the board. Let me get the mind. Like, instead, it was this this methodical Triple H main event pace. Like, Walker, Texas, HBK, my man, you picked the wrong time to run this pace, homie. I just, you know, this 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 just didn't work for me. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't a bad match. It just, it wasn't, it was not the match that I expected from Apollo Cruz. Um, I'm sorry, from Vampire Cruz and, um, Carmelo Hayes. Like, this is, this is just not what I was expecting. I love the interest for Melo. The interest is very cool. That's where things peaked for me. But Scott, we are burying the lead because we got a return last night on this show <laughs> yeah a, a return from raw underground because that wasn't commander aziz <laughs> that wasn't commander aziz okay no. that was a return from raw underground the shane mcmahon stripper days of raw underground <laughs> when the strippers worked one week because people complained i'm like we're in a pandemic they need money too god damn it <laughs> okay just trying to live during a pandemic okay right shoot p valley was closed for business and they tried to find work here and you decided to say get them out of here oh come on they need we, work we ain't seen double double kato since braun Strowman knocked him out in raw underground because <laughs> i was not commander of c's because i didn't see no badge <laughs> I ain't seen no uniform. You know what I'm saying? 
just I'm just saying, man. I'm just happy to know that Braun, you know, didn't didn't hurt him too bad. He was able to come back from from the underground. <laughs> so he came back. <laughs> he came back to spook Trick Williams. Okay. And in doing so, he spooked his former friend, Apollo Cruz, because Mello went up top, hit the guillotine leg drop, and he swept Apollo Cruz. Another shocker. Apollo did not get a single fall in this match. So that's really <laughs> like, what are we, like, off too. What are we doing? Why, why did we need to have this 25-minute match for this man to get be- to tap out and get beat twice? What? What? All right, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a half. I'm taking a quarter tier off. I'm going down to three. Keep going down. <laughs> Lower it to my level. Two and three quarter tiers. Let's be real. Now, nah, because, because you know what, uh, Dabo Kato's goatee gets a, gets a quarter tier in and of itself. So. <laughs> Okay, so after the match is over, you know, you can kind of smell a turn coming. So Dabakato is going to hug up on Apollo Crews. He was his former commander. We can't say that on the air. And then the next thing you know, he turns on Apollo Crews and he chokeslams him on the on the chair. I'm like, well, I am so excited about this matchup between Dabakato and Apollo Crews. Like, can you take this to not my TV? How about that? We have been doing so good with Apollo Crews and this usage. So now we're going to have a feud with him and Dabo Kato. So instead of me getting an angry Apollo Crews feuding with Axiom, mm-hmm. I'm going to get Apollo Crews versus Dabo Kato because now he had to change his identity because Commander Aziz owed too many back taxes and couldn't afford to pay him. So he had to change, go back to his Dabo Kato identity. And he'd been running around because the checks bounce that the that Apollo Cruz was cashing him, was sending him. So you're saying there were some funny transactions going on. I'm just saying there was a Wolf of Wall Street going on here and, uh, you know, let you decide which one of them was the wolf. Hmm, That is a good question. Well, Apollo left first, so I'm going to say he was the wolf because he magically no longer was a Nigerian prince. Okay, he lost the title immediately and he was back to regular ass Stone Mountain Apollo Cruz. Hey, probably correct accusations. (laughs) probably correct accusations right there i'm just saying he lost his animated lions and look what happened to him (laughs) look look what happened to kofi when he lost his jamaican accent the world opened right on up for him it sure did (laughs) i'll never forget they outed him on the air like um kofi (laughs) what happened to your jamaican accent See, Triple H got a lot of reparations to make up for. That's another one that people ain't for, people see. Booker T out in Kofi yes. Kingston. Then that won't you right. You don't get to out people like that. Just cold blooded, a cold game. But I laughed. It is still an unforgettable moment in Monday Night Raw history of Kofi no longer being from Kingston, Jamaica. He was from Ghana. Thank God he never won King of the Ring. <sighs> Choices. I'm surprised Vince never gave him King of the Ring. I know. Come on. I'm I'm shocked he never did it. No. Well, it's not too late. (laughs) 
stop. There's still time. Stop. <laughs> stop, man. Because <laughs> they would absolutely initial him. He would lose his name. He would just be initials. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's why he can never be. It's why he can never win King of the Ring. Damn it! Okay, he can. He can never win King of the Ring. Well, Xavier did for the New Day close enough. That's that's as close as he will ever come to wearing a crown or being a king. Yes, he was knighted. He was Sir Kofi Kingston. He he can't he can't be he can't be knighted. He can't be a knight. He was knighted. No, he was you're right, but he can't be a knight. No. <laughs> he can't be a knight. <laughs> okay. We have to stop slandering Kofi here on this show. We no slander. Know. I'm just I'm just trying to save a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We're trying to avoid litigation here on the show. No doubt. Our apologies. Kofi, you'll never My be My bad, king. Gigi. We're sorry. Um, Kofi, you, you will be a king in our heart forever, okay? But you can never be an actual king because big-ass lawsuit. But I digress mm-hmm. on all of that. And speaking of the New Day, it is now time for the New Day versus Gallus. Segway. See? Perfect. Perfect segue. That's how we do it here on The Wrap. So it's the New Day versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly versus Chase Hughes, Andre Chase, and Duke Hudson for the NXT Tag Team titles. This was a very fun matchup. I want to shout out a couple of teams. Pretty Deadly looked really good last night to Elton Prince. Chest hair? Choices? (laughs) Choices, my love. Choices, but you do you boo. Chase you, love them. They were over. You can see how much they love this gimmick. Thea Hale is just the best cheerleader at ringside. Duke Hudson, when he become real thick, I'm trying to figure that out. He was real thick last night out there. Cheddar biscuits all day. Uh Gallus existed. <laughs> And the new day was great. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, everybody else might not have caught that. I don't get the the, the shade for Gallus. I, I I don't I don't I don't get the shade for Gallus there, Kilo. Okay, I, I hear it all. Your Gallus existed. I get it. I get like God dang, what they do? Why 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 do you do them like that? Um. So yeah, this is this is a fun match. Uh, Thea Hale. Let me start there. Uh, that is that has to be the most like she has to be the scariest, most lovable person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because like 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 she's she's adorable, but then it's like she would like rip, she could legit rip people in half. She looks like 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 she would be like she looks like she would rip you in half. It doesn't even look like she doesn't realize she's doing it. Like oh, I'm so sorry. Let me try to put you back together. Like. She's she's a monster. She's a beast, man. Like her arms are huge. Somewhere Adam Cole's upset. Um, listen. Wow. Um, a couple wow. things. No, no, stop right there. That was a fucking shot of shots at my guy Adam Cole. You tried it on Adam every Cole, level. Adam Cole's my guy too. Adam Cole's my guy too. Listen. 
I'm upset. I'm upset. But he's upset somewhere too. And that's okay. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. I'm upset. But he's definitely upset somewhere too. Because um, Thea's a beast. Let me just, again, Thea's a monster. She is a monster. Um, Kofi and Xavier, they look good. I thought they did a great job. The spot where Kofi dove on the outside and got caught by Pretty Deadly, got dead lifted into their finisher. Nice. Gallus, I, I love Gallus' style. I think they hit hard. They're physical. I like Kofi in particular. I think he's uh, he's got – that is Mark, correct? Yes. I like I like Joe better, but Mark is solid as well. Where where's Joe? How come Joe's never around? I know that's very strange. I I I noticed that like the last few times that they've showed up, Joe's never been around with them. But yeah, the match was good, a lot of fun. Everybody got a little bit of time to shine. I thought Andre Chase was going to win it for the team. You could tell the when he did the little when he spelled out Chase U and he was kicking them and he was doing the stomps. That was that was a lot of fun. The crowd was fully invested in that. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I I give this match a three and three and three and a half tiers. I would give it the same three and a half tiers. Really good match. Duke Hudson made a great babyface comeback as well. But it was put through a table by Gallus. And from there, it was Andre Chase fighting back, actually kicked out of Gallus's finisher, which shocked me. I thought he had a hope spot there. But ultimately, the new day so came to the numbers game. Kofi was wiped out with spilled milk on the outside of Pretty Deadly that left Xavier Woods all alone to be taken out by Gallus as they become the new NXT tag team champions. They're not my favorite tag team. They're not my cup of tea. And to me, I think that I would have had the schism in that spot. I think that Jagger Reed and was it Fowler? I hate their names. I despise their names, but I think they would have been the more comparable tag team in this match. But for what it was, it was still very good. It was a way to wake up the crowd after what we saw with Apollo Cruz and Carmelo Hayes, which is very surprising considering their talent level. But this match was very good. And I thought it was probably the second best match on last night's show. Uh, I, man, you're gonna. I think I like the women's tag match a little bit more, man. I I really like that match, and I don't know why, but I thought Casey and JoJo just looked great tonight. Um, I like Gallus as the champions. I think they'll be a nice bully heel dominant kind of champions, and I wonder. I'd like to see Joe go after Wesley in that North American title. I think that'll be a nice feud for them. Um. I hope this isn't the end of Chase U's journey for the tag titles because I think that would be a nice WrestleMania moment for the NXT crowd With if Chase U is able to win those titles during the WrestleMania weekend. like I, I can see the WrestleMania weekend card kind of forming if they wanted to do it like that. Chase U versus Gallows. Um, you know, the NXT title, we'll get to that later. But it does kind of seem like stuff is starting to shape up. Yes, and it should be a very fun time heading into Stand and Deliver. I'm pulling for Chase U2 to remain together as a tag team. I don't want Duke I don't want Duke Hudson to be the bad guy, the mole in the school causing trouble. I think there is viability with him and Andre Chase being a tag team that can go after those titles heading into April's show. But also shout out to Thea Hill. She is the best. I have called her the long-lost daughter of Shara Terry for Saturday Night Live. The enthusiasm is absolutely crazy. 
And I just love her. It's very difficult to be that broad, but not be over the top. She is the appropriate level of ham. And I love her for that. She's great. She's absolutely great. Um, If she's ever able to wrestle at the level of intensity that she has, she'll be unstoppable. She's got a great look. The crowd's the crowd the crowd gets behind her fire. But so if she's ever able to put it together, man, that's that's a top tier baby face right there. Absolutely. So really enjoyed this matchup. The New Day's excursion apparently is over on NXT, but they did elevate that title and the show for the time they were on NXT the last couple of months. As we move on to our semi-main event involving Roxanne Perez, the NXT Women's Champion versus Gigi Dolan and Jesse Jane from Toxic Attraction. And I thought this was a very good triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. The story going to this match was Toxic Attraction being a united front against Roxanne Perez, vowing to work together, vowing not to turn against each other. We knew that was a crock of shit because when there's a title on the line, it is going to be every person for themselves. And last night was no exception as the cracks showed greatly for Toxic Attraction with J.C. Jane accidentally wiping out Gigi with the dive on the outside. And then Gigi pulls Jesse in the line of fire for a Roxanne dive. And from there, this match deteriorated with Gigi and Jesse trading shots back and forth. Yeah, the match was, the match was fine. Um, you, For me in this match, I thought Roxanne just stood out head and shoulders above everyone. And She's starting to do that with just about everybody she steps in the ring with in NXT. And, you know, we, we talked or we talked earlier in the show about, you know, things Bailey and Becky Lynch could do. This is something I'd love for Bailey to come down and do. Like if she has nothing to do, I'd love for her to come down and work with the Roxanne during WrestleMania weekend. And no, I, and I don't mean on the NXT show. I mean, for Roxanne versus Bailey to happen on the WrestleMania card, like you got two nights. Let's, let's showcase these women that you have, especially somebody like Roxanne who you build, you build upon, like you make her a foundation, a foundational block because she, again, she stood out head and shoulders above the women that she's in the ring with. And it's not just tonight. It's, it's been like that for a while. Yes, she is really good. The fans were behind her last night and she's only going to get better at 20 years old and she carried this match throughout. I will say that Jesse is very good as well. Gigi's all right for me, but I think Jesse to me was always the stronger of the two in the ring. And I love the tandem spot of Roxanne landing a Russian leg sweep into a DDT onto both members of toxic attraction. Then we get the turn at the end with a headbutt, a headbutt spot between Gigi and Jesse. They knock themselves out. Gigi covers Roxanne for the near fall. But the finish of the match comes with Toxic Attraction getting back on the same page. They grab a table from underneath the ring, set it up, and you think, who is going to go through this table? How? When? Where? We have Pop Rocks by Roxanne Perez to Gigi, and we have a fight on the top rope between Jesse Jane and Roxanne Perez. Gigi recovers, she climbs the ropes, and in doing so, Roxanne shoves Gigi threw the table on the outside and she has an avalanche pop rocks on Jesse Jane to retain the NXT women's championship. I thought that was a very good finish to end a 
solid match that I'll give three tiers to. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'll do three tiers as well. Um, you know, this this is a, a good match, good triple threat. You know, I I I one thing I notice about this match is I don't the strikes for me really just kinda left something to be desired. And I think that's kind of something I've noticed in a lot of the NXT women's matches is the strikes seem to leave something, except with Roxanne. Roxanne's going to hit you, and she's going to make sure you feel them strikes. And so, again, that's where I really – that's where I think the NXT 2.0 is kind of lacking those veteran women that they can work with on TV who have those years of experience. And I don't mean like a Bailey, like that type of le- tier level of experience, but you need somebody – and you know, like a Natalia, not necessarily her. She's already done her time here, but somebody like that. You need somebody like that that you can keep bringing down and kind of rotating in and out. I feel like that's really missing right now in that women's division because you have a couple people like that in the men's division. Apollo, the New Day. Where is that for the women's division? That is a very good question. We need some levity on that end as well, like a seasoned vet that can hold things together. When need be, somebody can pop in, elevate besides Roxanne Perez, who's doing a lot right now, but she's a very good champion. She held her on last night. She is over with the people, which is great to see, but we need some more anchors and a division that needs it right now. The potential there for future stars is very nice, but you do need some more seasoned people at the top to really give Roxanne for her money at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I, I think, and I think it shows in the men's division too. Like I, I think Papalo's done a good job. I don't know what's up with this Commander Aziz thing that they're going to do, but besides that, I think he's done a good job and elevated a lot of the people that he's worked with. Agreed. Despite the booking last night, which was definitely a choice, <laughs> right? That we've talked about, and it was something to behold him and his red contacts. But I'm going to let that go. <laughs> The blood moon must have been out, Keela. The blood moon must have been out. So you're saying there was a total eclipse last night from Apollo Crews. Man, shout, shout out to Ember Moon. Shout out to, shout out to Athena too, man. Shout out to Athena. When, when the last time she been on TV? It's been a minute since she won the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And I know she's been doing some good work on Dark, but like, that's like that's what why is she on TV? We got a quota. I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> sorry. Wrong show. The strays. Certain people have caught tonight on this show. I am sorry on behalf of everyone that was affected by Scott's egregious shade. Grumpy. Grumpy Scott Young is here. Has replaced Salty. And he is just saying the most to people <laughs> that don't deserve it. Just taking shots. I do apologize for the Adam Cole. That was just completely unnecessary. Yes. Another guy that has unlimited supplies of cheddar biscuits. Absolutely. I agree Always with that. come his way. No doubt. No doubt. Just rude. How shout out to Chugs. Yes. Shout out to Chugs. We love you, Chugs. Despite... Scott's egregious shade on his air <laughs> talking about your arm game. Rude on this Completely era. disrespectful. Yes. Yes. Shame on you, Scott. Shame on you. 
That's why Ray is going to booyaka your ass before this is done. Man, pop Ray Mysterio. I hope he, I hope he, I hope he get beat up. Oh, my God. See? So when Scott drops off the air and into the ether, now you know why. Because he said that his whole chest, bump Ray Mysterio. Worst father of the year. And yeah. what? Got me fired. I'm not worried about Ray Mysterio. I'll call Dominic. <laughs> Now what Dom gonna do? She be oh my bad. You're right. You're right. I call prison Dom. My bad. Because Dominic came, Dominic Mysterio wouldn't do nothing but prison Dom. <laughs> you County already jail know. Dom. You Come already on. know. County jail no has seen some things, but <laughs> this conversation, no lie, was more entertaining than the main <laughs> event. Did I say that? I did. See, I can be shaded too. Because it was Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller for the NXT Championship inside of a steel cage. You can only win this match via pinfall or submission. I love Braun Breaker. I truly do. But I have not seen a great NXT Championship match from him since Worlds Collide when it was British Strong Style carrying him to one of his best matches ever. And I really enjoy his work. But the time is ticking. The time is calling for him to get called up. But thankfully, at the very end of the show, we got a big sign as to where we're going, heading into Santa Deliver in April. But this match for me did very little in terms of making me want to see Bond Breaker stay on this show past WrestleMania, Scott. Yeah, I um this I, I wasn't too impressed with this match. I didn't have high hopes for this match. They it's not like they went out of their way to really sell this match or sell that Grayson had really had a chance at winning. So there wasn't much intrigue to it. I think this match was all about getting the big shot of Braun on top of the cage. Um, you know, there was a couple good moment, good spots in it. Like the, the Frankenstein is always really impressive from Braun Breaker. I mean, he, he can do some really impressive things. For me, this match kind of, it just kind of was really just a slow plotting match um, outside of the couple of big power spots. Braun really needs a guy who can create that movement and, you know, really kind of hold the match down. And I don't know if Grayson's that guy. Like I've never been blown away by Grayson Waller in the ring. I think he's good. I think he's, I think he's really good, but I've never been blown away by him. So this was a, this was a tall task. I, at this point with Braun Breaker, I think what you're going to have to do is, you know, again, I I think I said something about this a month ago. These 12-minute matches, this isn't going to cut it. He's going to have to start doing the 15 minutes, you know, being able to do those matches. And if you're not, then you need to start giving me the Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania specials, those four-minute sprints where they are just tossing each other around and hoss battling each other. Like, give me give me five solid minutes of of Brutus and Braun Breaker. Like, th- that's how you need to be utilizing this guy right now. Show me him tossing hosses. Because me watching him run through Braun Breaker, I mean, run through Grayson Waller, doesn't really do a lot for me right now. I've, I just saw him have a really good match with Von Wagner. I just saw him have great matches... Um, or for me, they were great matches with J.D. McDonough. 
Uh, you mentioned the Tyler Bate match. Like I, I've already seen him have great matches with with guys Grayson Waller's size. So me watching him bull rush him, it doesn't do a lot. You know, it doesn't do a lot for me. I'm at the point where I need to see him start tossing horses or he's got to start really showing me something in ring. Like this Carmelo Hayes thing, this could be a dangerous problem because I like Carmelo Hayes. These are two guys who I, I wasn't really, really impressed with their matches tonight. And now they're going to face off. That's the big match everybody's been talking about. But what's the match quality? Carmelo Hayes is a guy who really doesn't hasn't had a bad match. Is that does that streak in, or does Braun elevate his game? What type of match do they have? Does Braun go a little bit heel? Because there's no question, Melo will be cheered. There's no doubt about that. He will be cheered. So there's a lot of question marks I have about where they how they go about this Braun Melo feud what they do with Braun going forward, how they showcase him. Because you need to be very you, you need to be very specific about how you showcase this man. And I think Hoss Tossin is the only thing you got left that you can do that has any intrigue. Agreed. You made a lot of very good points during your argument regarding this matchup because we have been on this show for over a year. We've praised Bon Breaker a lot, but I feel like a ceiling has been hit with him as champion. And I will give him flowers against JD McDonough and Tyler, uh, not Tyler Bate, Bailey Dragonoff at Halloween Havoc. I forgot that about Dragonoff. That was a fantastic match. And once again, two British strong style guys giving Braun his best match on NXT. He feeds off of British strong style. You can tell when his work is elevated. In this situation here, I think when you have him in a championship match against homegrown talent, it does feel a bit stagnant. It feels very rehearsed and practiced. I will say I did like his match against Von Wagner. That was in-house as well, but I feel like the last few title defenses have been a bit of a miss for me. And Grayson Waller, he's fine but he's not on bronze level. But I think back to the fact that we have a guy that comes in sporadically by the name of Logan Paul. And I cannot believe I'm about to say this on a live microphone. He excites me way more than Braun Breaker right now. And I hope that changes via send and deliver. Cause as you mentioned as well, Carmelo Hayes had an off night. And that's very rare for him. Braun Breaker, to me, the last couple of title defenses have fallen a bit flat for me. But here's their chance. In L.A., it will be mid-morning when the match takes place. But this is their opportunity to say, when we rebooted NXT nearly two years ago, they told us we're next up. Here's our moment to shine bright. If this is Braun Breaker's goodbye, it needs to be a good one. And Melo has got to be the next guy up and show us why that's the case. We've seen him against the likes of Ricochet. We know what he can do on a very high level. It was some misses last night. And I cannot wait to see the promos, the delivery, the performances. But I'm here watching another guy that has had a handful of matches. And Logan Paul kind of, dare I say, eclipse. Braun Breaker right now and who's got next conversation if Logan Paul ever wanted to be a professional wrestler full time. 
Well, and, and I think something you touched on too, uh, you know, you, you mentioned he elevates, Braun Breaker elevates his game. And it does seem like he elevates his game depending on who he's in the ring with, with kind of that Von Wagner match being the exception where both guys just seem to have a good chemistry with each other. Um, look at look at who, you know, you, Braun Breaker hasn't had, he hasn't been working with any real you know, top in-ring vets like that since those guys. You know, the Grayson Waller matches and what he's been doing in between. Nobody's really – there's no real standout ring in-ring generals there. Um, and, well, I can't really make that case because Logan Paul had a four-star Miz with the, or a match with the Miz, so there's that. But <laughs> the Roman Reigns match, like, you, you know, he's he's got that. Roman's definitely a ring general, and Paul Heyman definitely helped lay that match out. But even so, that goes to the match layout. Like, who's laying these matches out for Braun Breaker where you're asking him to do these things for 12 minutes? But there's there's no there's no real story. Like, he's not getting injured. Like, he's not hurting a limb and him attacking the limb. I know they tried to sell, like, a rib injury or unless it was real. But even that, that's not what Grayson Waller does. Like, that's not his entire thing. Like, He's just kind of a he's a sneaky pest and he gets where he, he gets in where he fits in and he wins how he can. But he's not the guy that attacks a, a body part. That's not JD. That's what that's what work with JD because he attacks a body part. He manipulates a body part. So if if Braun has an injury or he, you know, he hits a ring post, okay, now we got something to work with. You can do that with an axiom. Axiom has built that up into his arsenal where he attacks a body part. Like you have you have wrestlers that do that, but that's not what the character Grayson Waller does. It's I don't know. It, it, there just seems to be a disconnect from the characters that they're portraying, and then the stories that they try to tell in the ring. And that's that's a problem, and that's not helping Braun, and that's not helping him grow. He this is where I, I talk about having that constant influx of talent, like the New Day. The, Apollo's been there for a while. You know, I know we Dolph Ziggler may not have been the best thing, but it was a nice, a, you know, a nice fresh face at least to have for a little bit. What are they going to do for him and Melo for the next two months? You know, what could they possibly have in mind to keep us intrigued with Braun Breaker the next two months? Unless you're going to turn him heel, which I don't think would be a bad idea because Melo is going to be cheered. And they need to figure out something to do about that because I think it'd be a great idea to just let Braun be a bad guy. I don't know how you get there, but I think there's there's something to that. Absolutely. And you made very good points on that. Grayson Waller's very entertaining, but he's not known for going bell to bell and giving you like compelling matches. He's a pest at the end of the day. And that was not a good mix last night. He was dominating Blonde Breaker at various points, slowing down the pace. But Breaker would break free, chase down Grayson Waller with the superplex off the top rope, off the cage, and then spear him two times to retain the championship. It was a very anticlimactic finish. But we got the money stare down between Melo and Blonde Breaker telling us this match is coming up very soon. I'm looking forward to it. But two months to build up to a match that should be highly anticipated how would the promos go? How would they be received at, at the Performance Center? We'll see. But I do get the feeling that Carmelo Hayes will be shown more love in L.A. when it's all said and done. 
I the reason the other reason I think you got to turn Bron Hill is Melo's going to eat that man on the mic, or at least I think so. And don't even get me started with Trick Williams, like, and and that's kind of been Bron's whole thing. And I think that's kind of been that's kind of been run to the ground. Is yeah, people are talking circles around me. Then I get in the ring and I just spear you in half and and just toss you around. It's cool, but like we need something different. We need a different side. You we need a different edge. We've seen you pissed off. Give me the super arrogant Braun Breaker that's run through everybody, but then you know, and and then you could have Carmelo kind of be like, "Yo, I I am him. I'm that guy." And but Braun's like, "Well, I'm the only one here with with gold. So how are you that guy?" So that let me let me get a little bit of a cocky Braun. Let me get some let me get some edge to him. I I just need to see a little bit now. If we get a great, if we get some great character growth, I'll take that. I'll, that that is still part of the game. I just need to see something evolve with this Braun Breaker character because I didn't even get that on the character side of stuff where Grayson is really, really shines with his opponents and really brings the best out of them. I didn't get that with Braun with this either. So maybe that side will come out more with this mellow feud. But it, like we both have mentioned, what you got in mind for two months? Two and a half tears for me. I will agree with you. Two and a half tiers for the steel cage match for the NXT championship involving Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller. And I will give Walker HPK credit for this. You can only win via pinfall or submission. No escape the cage. That was refreshing. May that rule apply to future steel cage matches in WWE moving forward. But yeah, this is a very average main event to wrap up a solid NXT Vengeance Day, a lot of highs and lows. Some matches disappointed us. I thought the highlight was obviously Wesley versus Dijak for the North American Championship. And I do like the fact we were on the road last night. The crowd was hot for most of the show. It felt different. And I hope this is the start of NXT hitting the road quarterly for their shows. We know we got a show in LA very early in the morning for the West Coast, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern for us on the East Coast. And then I know that around June, there will be another show known as In Your House, preferably on the road out of Florida. And that should be the start of some fun times for this current iteration of NXT. Yeah. Um, I, I am excited for them to go on the road more. I hope this is something they do. I'd love for them to do like a TV show once a month on the road. I think that would be cool. But, you know, one step at a time, baby steps. Overall for this show, I, um, I'm going to go six tiers. I, I don't think anything was really bad, you know, but I thought there were a couple disappointing matches. And again, really, really impressed. And I thought the MVPs for the night, they didn't have the best match, but really impressed with, with uh, Casey and JoJo. I thought they really stood out in a good way. Definitely. I will give this show also six tiers out of ten. It peaked with the opening match. Everything else is just fine. But I do want this show to be on the road more often to really get a, a, a true reaction as to how over this brand is. 5,000 people showed up last night at the Spectrum Center in North Carolina. I like that. Charlotte was popping. I appreciated that. And I want more. I want NXT to fully embrace the road life when need be, especially for TV, to get a different vibe outside of Florida, which is always nice to see. But this is very encouraging for the development of brand to really get back on their feet on the road for the first time in three years as we put a wrap 
on this week's episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank my co-captain, Salty, Grumpy, Perky, Pissed Off, Scott Young, providing shade and analysis on all things WWE. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I want to apologize for anyone who caught any strays, except for the ones that were sent to Rey Mysterio. Those were not strays. Those were deliberate. Those were aimed. And those were scoped shots. This show will be off the air before (laughs) Ray knocks us off the air. Because Scott likes to live dangerously on this show. And I do love him for that, as Ray truly is the worst father of the year, two years running. But at least he won the race on Friday night against his son as he vows to slap that tear tattoo off of Dominic's face. What a jerk. What a jerk. What an <laughs> awful father. Can't even. Can't, his son just came out of a, a traumatic experience in prison, and all he wants to do is, is drive go-karts with his father. And his dad got to make it this ultra-competitive thing. What a jerk. Stop it right now. This Dominic defense has gone too far now. The Dom sympathy is taking this to another level I don't want to see on the show again. Booyaka! You tried it. And with that, Scott's off the air. He's gone now. But in all seriousness, we'll be back next Monday morning recapping the week that was in WWE as we count down the days until Elimination Chamber going down live in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The headline match will be Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That will be a moment in Montreal, to say the least. But until then, we'll dive into the week that was for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT next week right here on the Fight Game Media Network. For myself and for Salty Scott Young, that's a wrap on all things WWE and NXT Vengeance Day. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.